1: Dr. Silva is an honors graduate from Barry University in Miami, where he received his pre-medical degree. He also graduated with honors from Life University in Marietta, Georgia. Continually striving to provide his patients with the most effective natural therapies, he also lectures on the subjects of neuropathy and the effects of stress on human health. Dr. Silva has been in clinical practice since 2001 and has helped patients from infants to seniors with many musculoskeletal problems, arthritis, autoimmune disorders, spinal problems, and various neurological conditions. His practice is in Port St. Lucie, Florida, and his current treatment methods are non-invasive, drug-free, and very effective. Today we're going to talk about a very important topic, memory loss and Alzheimer's. Neurofeedback can help. Hi, Dr. Silva. How are you today?
0: I'm doing very well, Liz. Thank you.
1: Well, thanks for joining me. So, let's start by explaining some of the terms we will be talking about today. How do you define the differences between mental clarity and executive and cognitive function? In addition, what is the difference between dementia and Alzheimer's?
0: Okay. So, a few, a few things there. So, let's just, uh, I guess, clarify. Uh, in simplest terms, mental clarity is present when we're awake and focused and without being stressed or distracted. So... That Those moments, and we should be having more than than most people have, uh, where we're just, we're sharp. People can explain that. And the opposite of that would be when we have what's commonly referred to as brain fog, where we just feel foggy, we can't think straight, we don't have that that clear mental focus or function. So executive functions are a set of cognitive processes that are necessary for cognitive control of behavior. So selecting and successfully monitoring behaviors that facilitate the, the goals of a person. So it's that ability to have the cognitive function to control our behaviors. And cognitive functions in general are those activities mostly related to a part of our brain called the, uh, the cortex, which is our, which is our uh, advanced brain. And it's basically all of our abilities to, to acquire information, process that information and store it into memory. And there's different examples of cognitive functions like attention itself, uh, verbal processing, visual processing, the ability for you and I to have a conversation and make sense of that conversation. So those are all cognitive functions. And the difference between, since we're talking about cognitive function, when a person is suffering with dementia, um, it's an overall term that describes a, a group of symptoms uh, basically relating to a decline in memory and cognitive skills. Um, Alzheimer's is a type of dementia, as there are several different types of dementia.
1: And my next question, do doctors know what causes memory loss?
0: We, we do know what causes, causes memory loss. And the thing I want to make clear is memory loss can be caused by a multitude of different Causes or factors, which can start for a lot of us early in life. In fact, I agree with a lot of neuroscientists and other doctors who specialize in brain-based disorders, as I do in my practice here in Port St. Lucie. But by the time we start to experience slips of the memory, as they come and they're referred to, and I'm seeing people as young as 30 years old now having these slips, where you walk into a room and you forget why you walked in there, or you're constantly misplacing your keys, and just these daily activities that. We may have been sharp with during our earlier years, but as we age, we start to have these slips in memory. But these early signs are for, are, uh, are part of a memory loss which can eventually slip into dementia. And as a lot of neuroscientists agree, it's been about 20 years of the brain breaking down neurologically to get to that point where you start to experience those symptoms. So one of the things I always strive for my patients and when I teach in, in, in uh, community outreach seminars is to start to pay attention to these things and don't take them lightly. Just because everyone else around you may be having them and they're considered as they're they're considered normal. They're not normal. They might be common amongst a lot of people but they're not normal. Again, it is a sign that your brain is breaking down.
1: And how does the neurofeedback technology work to measure brain waves and how is the data interpreted?
0: So neurofeedback technology uh, is based on what's called EEG, electroencephalogram, which has been in the medical industry for many, many years. And uh, EEG is able to measure brainwave activity to see if there's any dysregulation or dysfunction of that brainwave activity. Are regions of the brain operating too high in activity, too low? Is there a loss of synchronicity between the left and right hemispheres? So it measures a lot of different data points, which can then be interpreted by a statistical database and also by the clinician themselves or or a combination of both. And that really starts to help us uncover what's going on directly in terms of brain function that can lead to dementias and Alzheimer's and the, the, the memory loss and cognitive problems. Now, neurofeedback is using the same EEG technology but instead of a, a diagnostic tool, it's using it therapeutically to just gently and in and, and a non-manipulative way, and there's nothing invasive about it, but to rebalance and restore proper brain function. So where there's activities that are too high of brain function, it can help regulate it and bring it down low. Where it's too low, it can bring it up high. As I explain to my patients, it's all about balance of these brain waves. So neurofeedback is using, again, EEG technology in a non-invasive way to regain brain function, basically.
1: And what is a neurofeedback therapy session like? And how do doctors use it to try to restore normal brain activity?
0: So to visualize what a neurofeedback therapy look, session looks like, whether it's in my clinical practice, and we even have the ability to have our patients do this at home now with advanced technologies, but basically the, there's two different avenues. One is a person's watching a video, um, and that video image fades to black and then gets bright again. And it will do this intermittently and randomly based on real-time brainwave activity. So what this is essentially is setting up a biofeedback loop for the brain to see itself, so to speak, reflected in a mirror, the best analogy I have to say to prompt the brain to say, hey, you know what? You're operating too high. You're operating too low. And until you can better regulate yourself, we're going to um, give you the reward of a full, bright picture. So at a subconscious level, the brain is able to kind of reflect on itself and, and, and see that it's operating too high or too low. And then when it better regulates its neural circuits, it gets the reward of a full, bright picture. And of course, the person engaging in the neurofeedback therapy, our patients also see the full bright picture. So it's it's kind of a hard thing to describe until you actually experience it. And there are times where we may also have the patients doing neurofeedback therapy with their eyes closed and they're listening to music of their choice as the music fades in and out, similar to with their eyes open watching video that fades in and out. And an interesting point is it's not about the video or the audio content itself. They, we basically have our patients choose something that's going to keep them entertained or you know, or focused or atten- attentive for a half hour, and uh, it's it's more the process itself. So it's basically a, a, a biofeedback mechanism for the brain.
1: And lastly, has neurofeedback therapy been shown to improve memory loss and slow the progress of Alzheimer's disease?
0: Yes, it has. In fact, there has been several studies indicating that, research studies, to be able to, in some cases, even reverse memory loss, just depending on how long it's been there. And you have to realize by the time a person gets to the progression of memory loss that makes the official diagnosis of Alzheimer's, and again, that's just one of several different types of dementias, it can be a challenging uh, case to, to be able to help that person. So our first and primary goals is is to figure out the causes as to why over a lifetime a person has progressed to Alzheimer's or dementia, start to um, uncover those reasons why, start to repair those and take away those causes, and then preferably through using natural methods like no- neurofeedback therapy to start getting the brain stronger. There's, there's a concept I just want to bring up called neuroplasticity the brain's ability to reorganize itself by forming new neural connections throughout our life. And this is a process that can happen even in our senior years. Basically, neuroplasticity allows the neurons and the nerve cells in our brain to compensate for injury, disease, stress, and it explains that our neurons can actually mend themselves and repair and the neural circuits in our brain can actually rewire themselves when there's been damage done to old circuits. And this is something that is, well, not new, but relatively new in medical science. Prior to about 20, 25 years ago, we thought that once the brain was damaged, either through trauma or some type of inflammation or chemical insult, that was it. Now we know differently that through this concept of neuroplasticity, we can actually rewire our brains. But of course, it takes time and it also takes multiple interventions, usually all occurring at one time. So this is how we can actually help our patients either reverse memory loss in or at least at best to stop the progression. And That's, that's really important. It just depends on how far the person's advanced.
1: Okay. Well, thank you, Dr. Silva. We know you're busy, so I just want to thank you for your time and your help today.
0: You're welcome. Thank you.
1: And for our listeners across the country, if you are interested in speaking with the doctor, please visit www.drjohnsilva.com or call 561-631-2851 to schedule an appointment. And on behalf of our team, we want to thank you for listening, and we look forward to bringing you more top-quality content from our country's leading experts.
0: You've been listening to...